And still, UFC heavyweight division champion. Steve <laughs> oh, Yeah, I kind of messed that up. And still. <laughs> hey, you tried. You uh, tried. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. It's a beautiful Monday morning. This is week two of the podcast. Week two already. of the podcast, episode four. Um, Dominic, how we doing? I'm great because we just witnessed history. We did. Steve Miocic defends his light or light heavyweight. Man, we're struggling on <laughs> yeah. this one. The heavyweight title against Daniel Cormier, greatest heavyweight of all time. Stepe's back. Yeah, it's a big moment. Big. I mean, really, it was a it was a big card for that reason. I know they were really selling it on that fight, um, but really, I mean. There was just a lot of fights that really did have implications for the divisions and mm-hmm. whatnot, and that's that's what you want to see yep. in a pay-per-view card. So, uh, obviously, we'll be recapping the full main card for UFC 252, along with anything from the prelims that might might have stuck out to us. But uh, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, I guess first, uh, just what are your thoughts from week one of doing the podcast and um, um, a success? You know, yeah. again, we mentioned it on. Friday's episode, and I get, again, I just can't thank everyone enough for the support through week one, and uh, it's just great to see the positive feedback, the constructive criticism, you know, all the, the pros, the cons, it's mm-hmm. only going to make us better, and I really blew away all of our expectations, not that we even set any expectations. I, I mean, I think that's <laughs> that, so, that shows how much it blew them out of the water, because really, right. I mean, you guys were killing it with sharing it. I mean, liking the video. Our first video made it up over 200 views. Yeah, which yeah. Was so. very amazing to see that. So yeah, we're, um, we're going to keep bringing it. Yeah, following us on our Instagram and yeah, just again like just kept a lot of people reaching out to us saying like I watched the podcast, loved it, yeah, things like that. Yeah, giving feedback, um, sharing it, retweeting, yeah. liking pictures, you know, everything. Yeah, yeah we 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 I mean we've honestly have really just been doing this for fun, and that's the way it should be. But ultimately, like, in our eyes, it was like, we're going to do this no matter how many people are watching. But it does feel, uh, we do feel, I think, a lot better knowing that so many people 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 enjoy listening to us. So, um, And we're literally, as of today, we're recording this on Sunday. Right. One week, officially, of recording, Mm -hmm. posting the the podcast and everything. One week, and here we are. Like, it's, it's crazy. All the progress already in just a week. Yeah, and it's only going to get better from here. Yep. Uh, obviously, we're not slowing down anytime soon. Uh, that release schedule is still going to be the move for the foreseeable future. Um, so hopefully you all will just keep following us on this ride. Absolutely. Um, but I guess with that being said, we'll get into the news. The news. The news for dun, this dun, week. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, I guess the best place to start, uh, really, the I think the what's nice about this week is that we're not talking about uh, fighters pulling out of fights, you know, or yes. potential death. No but, more bad news. Yeah, it's all it's all pretty good this week. It's and all about all about fight announcements, which is always nice to see. Yeah, no other big storylines. It's yeah. more so just recent fight announcements. Yeah. Ever since the last recording, really, which yeah. is even more incredible. And our, our first one, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. He is back. He's back. Have not seen him since uh, January, right? You know, it's probably for the best. That guy no, sorry, fights. it wasn't January. He fought on 249. 
against Pettis. Oh my gosh, he did. Yeah, so he actually just fought not too long ago, but I kind of Still forgot about that fight. Yeah. I did forget about that fight. But yeah, considering Cerrone is a guy who has said he'll try to fight six times a year, yeah, uh, it, it definitely it feels it feels weird seeing him gone for. What, what three, it'll be four three, months, I guess, three, by the time he yeah. fights again. So it's it's kind of interesting just to see him actually take a normal break from most fighters. But uh, he's got his uh, fight announcement out there on September 19th. He will be fighting Ooh. a man by the name of Nico Price. Dom, what are your thoughts on this matchup? This has exciting, crazy, wild written all over it, if you ask me. That's but exactly. When this first got announced... You did mention, and I agree with you, it might not be the best matchup for Cowboy. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a risky fight for him, especially. It's really not risky for Nico. This is this is Nico's first real big name. Yeah. Like he's fought very tough guys, but a guy mm-hmm. like Cowboy on your resume, yeah, that's going to catapult you to the next level. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone, obviously a legend. Most wins sport. in UFC history. Most no, finishes, finishes in UFC history. Second most. It was the most. But yeah. as of last <laughs> night, or UFC 252, by the when they're yeah. hearing this, the second most fights in UFC history. Yeah. And, he, and, on. He, and on ni- September 19th, he will likely tie it yes, again. Yes, he will tie it again. But uh, Don Cerrone, legend, obviously. But he is on a four-fight skid currently. Oh, um, man. All against top-level guys, don't get me wrong. I mean, losing to Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje. Conor McGregor, and then his last loss to Anthony Pettis, which was a fight that uh, was really close. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how I had it scored, but I think there was a lot of people kind of calling for, you know, anytime someone disagrees with the decision, they call it a robbery. Yeah. So it kind of loses <laughs> the value of that word, which is why I hate when people say that, because really, like, that fight was really close. Like you, I would like to go back and watch that fight. Yeah, I mean, I'm pro- I might have had it for a cowboy if I remember right, but I don't think it was a robbery by yeah. any means. But uh, Nico Price, a guy who's not doesn't have near the the name of a Cowboy Cerrone, but if you're someone who watches the UFC, you know even just a good amount, uh, you've heard of this guy. Nico Price is just a very exciting savage. fighter. Yes, yeah, savage, and he's really kind of gotten a pretty decent following under him. Uh, considering he's really been a guy in his UFC tenure that's traded wins and losses, pretty much one win, one loss, one win, one loss. But even he's been going up against pretty good mm-hmm. competition. They've, the UFC's done a good job with matching him with other up-and-comers. And they're always exciting fights. So his last fight was against uh, Vicente Luque. That was at 249 as well. That was a great fight, probably the fight of the night. Uh, he's fought James Vick. That was the one where he KO'd Vic with an up kick. That was Vic's welterweight debut? Was I, that at welterweight? I, I don't I think it was when Vic moved up to welterweight well, after his little skid at lightweight. Yeah. I could be wrong. It might be, and it was over in a minute and yeah. 40 seconds. Yeah. Vic so. had a very tough little skid. Yeah, it's a <laughs> getting knocked out. And then before that, he lost to Jeff Neal, who we talked about on the last podcast. Yeah. But he is, that dude's just. That's weird. what put Jeff Neal on the map. Yeah. And then before that, he beat Tim Means, another up-and-coming guy. And even if you go before that, he beat Randy Brown, another guy that just lost to Luke. Yeah. Um, so, and he also had that win over Alan Joban, who I was a pretty big fan yeah, of. Yeah. And 
So Needless to say, he is fought very tough fights, very tough competition. I'll put it like this with Nico Price. Probably not a household name. But yeah, he, he he's a guy that goes in there and puts on an exciting fight every time. And, and it, he, he'll he'll go all out, yeah. leave, like he won't try to play it safe. He goes in there and is looking to take your head off, kill or be killed. That's, oh, that's, and by the way, guess who else does that? Cowboys are running. Yes. Oh, wait. They're uh, fighting. Yeah. So I think where uh, where I get into this being a potentially bad matchup for Cerrone is Cowboy is has admitted that he is a slow starter. Yeah. He is someone that kind of, as the fight goes, he becomes more comfortable and starts getting into that mindset of, like, kill or be killed kind of thing. Not a better example than the Connor fight. Right. And, uh... Ultimately, Nico Price does not have that issue from what I've seen. That guy comes out the gate and is just ready to take your head off. So um, that worries me a little bit for this matchup as far as for Cerrone just because uh, he does have that slow starter thing in him. Um, that's not to say that you know Nico's a bit wild. Do you think Nico maybe even tries to get to the ground? I can work from his back and even on top. I, I don't know. I feel like this. He ma- might just want to. To me, him. I feel like this matchup yeah. screams like stand-up war yeah. for as long as it goes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for this fight. I'm assuming if it's on the 19th, that means that's the week before the pay-per-view. So it's going to be on a fight night. Yeah. So uh, they've been doing a pretty good job of. Uh, Really, there have been a lot of good. Fight some of nights. these fight nights that yeah. are coming up, I've noticed the uh, just the top two or three fights on the card. I was like, wow, that's. And then they're going to give the, you know those last two fights on the main card some up and comers. Yeah, some so like so man, I they've mean, been really fun. The, I think the fall is looking like the best time to be watching those yeah. free cards. They're free. I mean, well, as long as you pay your five dollars yeah. a month for ESPN Plus. Yeah. I mean, you're ultimately getting unlimited content there yeah. where like every week a new card basically mm-hmm. um some of those cards do air on espn the main cards yeah. at least so sometimes you don't even have to pay the five dollars exactly. so honestly this fall is going to be a big time to be if you're someone who's new to the sport or just guy who loves it but wants to get even more into it this fall will be the time to be watching religiously yeah Big title big fights, fights on big the, pay-per-views. Yeah, two pay-per-views that haven't haven't even been mentioned yet. Yeah, and those are always really big ones, November and December. So. Yeah, yeah, but ultimately, yeah. Uh, not to uh, get too yeah. far Here away. Here we go from on this a fight. tangent. Yeah, I I, versus I like uh, I like this fight. I think it's going to be a barn burner for sure. Um, I'm just you know as someone obviously we all love cowboy Cerrone, and i do love nico price as well but uh, this fight does uh make me a little nervous for cowboy just uh you don't want to see him get on a five five because uh, he's a guy that says he wants to keep fighting until he gets to what 40 40 ufc fights and he's on he's 35. got five left yeah so we'll see what happens there any other thoughts before we move on i'm just excited mm-hmm. the next announcement um we have two for the same card on October 3rd. So yes. the first one was actually announced last night. Uh, was announced as the headliner, I believe. 
And that was uh, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. Yes, announced this is it on the broadcast last night. rescheduled fight. Uh, it was supposed to be... I think it was supposed to be... August 2nd? Yeah, it was supposed to be sometime this month. Yeah, it was supposed to be at the beginning of the month. and um, I guess it was an injury to Irene, undisclosed, yeah, or was I, it Holly? I don't I, really know. Yeah, I don't remember the exact... I thought it was Aldana who got hurt or had COVID or mm-hmm. whichever it might have been. But, but it, fight got scrapped. Now it's been officially rebooked for October third, and now it's a main event. Now it's the main. What well, was is, the main event? It on was, the, yeah, the first time as well. But yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts on that matchup? And maybe it's tough, I know it's I know it's a far ways away. We're, we're talking October, yeah. but initial thoughts tough for Holly. I think Irene's kind of that new wave of bantamweight contenders in yeah. that women's division. So it should be interesting. I believe she's a striker too, if I remember correctly. We know Holly's obviously a great kickboxer. Mm-hmm. It should be fun. I, it has the makings of being a fun fight. Yeah. I'm surprised it's a main event. I wonder what other fights will try and stack on that fight night. But it it, it can be a fun stand-up war. Well, I can, I can tell you what they're going to stack on Oh, that yeah, we card. have another. The other fight announced for that card, which probably excites me even more, is the... Uh, the guy we mentioned quite a bit about in our first episode, I believe, Benil Dariush. Yes. He has yes. his next fight on October 3rd against the number six ranked, I believe, yeah. Charles Oliveira. We were calling for top ten, and here we are with the top six now. Man, I am definitely a little shocked that they gave him uh, Oliveira. I mean, that's that's a big jump, but hey. I'm all for Darius getting that. Getting that. Uh, Oliveira is on a tear. Yeah, this fight uh, is going to be nuts because this could be one of those really fun ground, like technical yeah, yeah. grappling submission attempts and escapes. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. they could stand. And dude, but I see it on the ground just being just wild. Dude, Oliveira has literally looked like most a submission title. wins in UFC history he's looked like a title challenger like he legitimately looks like he could win the belt he is hitting his stride right now at the perfect time and I think he's only 30 and he's been in the UFC for years yeah and this is a guy that's so different from anyone else in the top 10 of the lightweight division this is exciting yeah this guy I mean, slept on no I compl- he could give any of these guys trouble I completely agree with you there and I'm very happy to see Darius get in this fight uh, because he looked amazing in his last fight, and really he's been a guy that I think has been underrated for a while. And Oliveira is another guy who people have underestimated and underrated for a long time. Especially now that he's on this yeah. win streak and he's I mean, still not getting Look at his, his last win against Kevin Lee. was That was a showing. He's, Kevin Lee's been a guy that there's been a lot of people believing in. A lot of it, he's kind of drum up his own hype with calling for fights with GSP and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So he was really looking to make that step into superstardom. Um, He's on a seven total win streak. Right yeah, now. unfortunately that didn't happen for Kevin Lee, but man, Oliveira 14 submission great. victories in the UFC. Yeah, Oliveira, that fight was the last card, the last main event before we had that six-week break with COVID. Yeah, so, the, that was um, the first one without fans. Yeah. Because it yep. was in Brazil, I yep. think. Yep, yep. So, all in all, uh, this is Oliveira's first fight since then. And, oh, um, man. It's, That's a fun fight. Holy moly. Yeah, um, but to go back to home and Aldana, just so I can – I didn't really touch on it, but Aldana, her last fight, KOs Ketlin Vieira, another promising up-and-comer. So, you know, especially when you're getting a KO on someone, 
in the women's divisions. Yeah, they don't happen. You as, don't you uh, don't see them that much. At least not as common as frequently. Yeah. Um. So it's that definitely like puts her. I love this matchup because basically Holly Holm is a legend of the division, a legend yes. of women's MMA, but and and former champion obviously the head kick on ronda heard around the world and she's always fighting the best of the division yes and that's what i was gonna say is that holly holm is essentially i don't think she's much of a title challenger anymore but like a strong gatekeeper and it's crazy because she literally had a title fight two fights ago at 145 like i know it's wild but she's she's one of those people that get a lot of title shots Mm mm-hmm but she's always beating and the right people and, to get the title shot. And she's always been competitive in those fights yeah. outside of the uh, yeah, last well, one against yeah. Nunez, but that's nothing to hold your head right. on, right? Uh, she's kind of a big deal. If you know? really look at who Holly Holm has lost to since you know she beat Ronda for the belt, was 10-0, and then she loses it to Misha Tate, another legend of legend women's of MMA. MMA. Then her next loss is to Valentina Shevchenko, <laughs> well, dominant. Yeah. Then she loses to Jermaine Durandamy, who obviously that was the inaugural women's featherweight title fight. fight. Yeah, a, a terrible fight. Overall, just not a great time. But to, at the level of competition, still. But a great Jermaine Durandamy is a great who, yeah. who gave Nunez some trouble on the feet. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Then she's lost to Chris Cyborg, <laughs> another just yeah. legend, and she lost to Amanda Nunez with the head kick. Yeah. She, her wins in that time have been Betch Correa, who just got released and right. really uh, not great. Former but, title challenger, yeah. but yeah, not great. Megan Anderson, who's looked pretty good. She's a beast at 140. And she just, her last fight beat Raquel Pennington back in January. Another All just top tough. Five. Yeah. So this will be a great uh, fight to really see is Irene Aldana. Is she real? ready? Yeah, yeah. Is she yeah. a top five? I think that's kind of the yeah. how I put gauge. Uh, Holly Holm fight at this point. And really, in this beat, division, uh, one convincing win, and you yeah. can honestly get a title shot because Amanda's beaten everybody. If I if Aldana comes in and really looks incredible against Holm, I bet she will get she a title could get shot. Because they're they're desperate for contenders right now in those two divisions. The only other one looking at the list that stands out to me is Aspen Lab. Yeah, and she was injured recently, so I don't know if she's healed or whatnot yet. Yeah, I but don't... like that's the only other person. So. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes. Uh, many other thoughts on those two fights? Both fun. When you pair those together, that makes for a pretty solid... I'm assuming that'll be the co-main, Oliveira. I, and, I would uh, like to think so, yeah. Dayush, so three other fights that are probably going to be solid. Probably mm-hmm. not huge, hugely known names, but I think it'll be a fun card. Just with those two fights alone. Agreed. The, the co-main. No, yeah, I, oh, man. Yeah, that co-main's going to be insane. So uh, moving on from there... Uh, this is not an official fight announcement, but I think it's worth noting. Uh, we we saw some uh, Twitter fingers going back and forth uh, mm. this weekend. Some very or, cringy. Yeah. So uh, Twitter work. Uh, Chris Weidman, the former middleweight champion. We discussed who, him in our first ever yeah, podcast. Who, who just fought uh, last weekend on um, the UFC fight Vegas night, Six on yeah. the fight night card on Saturday. And uh, he was being called out by, uh, I believe, the number 14-ranked Marvin Vittori. And um, Dom, you know, I don't know. I didn't read too deep into what these guys were saying back and forth. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on this potential matchup if it happens. Yeah, so Vittori posted a picture on Twitter of (laughs) 
Chris Weidman's face basically photoshopped onto a woman's body and he called him Christina Weidman and said that that was his new girlfriend, if I'm not mistaken. That was the initial thing. So Chris Weidman being the veteran that he is and the older guy, he's like, shut up, dork. (laughs) I fought, you know, all these guys and who are you? And then Vittori responds one more time and said, well, I would fight a top 15 guy, but nobody wants to accept a fight against me. Mm -hmm. And then so on and so forth. Overall, though, Vittori's 14th. Weidman's now at 11 after his win. It's a fight that actually does make sense. Oh, I agree. And I'm not opposed to seeing it. And I believe Vittori would probably win. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons... If Chris Weidman fights like he did last weekend. One of the reasons I included it is because, um, even though it's not an official announcement or anything, it's just guys jawing back and forth, but uh, because that fight does it kind of excite me. I know Mm -hmm. Weidman's last fight was not a very good showing for him or as a opponent Omari Akhmedov but I think in order for Weidman to get back into the top 10 which is obviously what he wants to do he needs to fight one more top 15 and this is a guy that's like a striker mm-hmm. um, so I think it's a fight that makes sense and if Weidman can win and look better than what he did in yeah. his fight first fight back at 185 then maybe he is ready for a top yeah. 10 I and still don't think he's going to get close to a title ever again but you never know yeah and um, overall and Vittori needs a guy like this on his resume so. Yeah, I agree. And Vittori, kind of like what I was talking about, Nico Price, has kind of quietly been gaining this like following mm-hmm. in the community. A lot of that being because, I mean, obviously because he's a stud. This is a guy that fought Israel Adesanya not long ago. And lost to a split decision. Yes, split decision. Right. That means a judge picked him to win, one yes. judge. So, so uh, a lot of that support, not only because he's great, but because... He's been having a really hard time getting fights. And yeah. when he's gotten them, they've, he's had a hard time with people dropping out of those fights and not getting replacements. Yeah. Just in the last, since September of 2019, four of his fights have been canceled. One against Andrew Sanchez, one against Darren Stewart, and then two against Carl Roberson. Mm-hmm. And then they finally got that fight booked, and, and he, he ended up submitting him in the first round. So... He's kind of gained that support, and also he did go on to reschedule Andrew Sanchez and beat him by unanimous decision. Just wanted to point that out. But um, it's just I could tell he's been getting frustrated with, for one, not getting a lot of like fights that like people above him or whatever aren't wanting to accept that fight with him. Um, and two, when he is getting fights, they haven't actually – gone into the octagon yeah they something has happened along the way where the guys had to drop out of the fight and then they don't find a replacement and i bet that has been frustrating but when he's actually fought in the last year or so he's looked incredible he's won three in a row that roberson fight roberson's no joke and yeah. he he looked really good in that fight marvin's 15 four and one weidman's 15 and five mm-hmm. records are basically identical yeah i mean think about the it. rankings like, are 11 and 14 like it's a fight that makes sense for the division and for yeah. both guys. And he did fight uh, Amari Akhmedov as well back on UFC 219 in 2017. And I think you can argue, like, you, obviously Vittori probably has more to gain off of this fight if they were to fight. But Weidman still has credit to gain here. Like, he wants to prove he's actually legit. Yeah. Because no one was impressed by his fight. No. I think that's clear. Yeah. So if he can, especially if he can win and look better... It's a, it's an important fight for him. Too. It's definitely an important fight for him. If he were to lose this one and be KO'd or 
I mean, even if he just does it, if he looks like the Weidman that showed up last Saturday, he's getting beat. Um, I would like to see him retire. Yeah. But I'm never going to tell someone <laughs> how to run their career. I'm just saying that that's something I would like to see as someone who is a fan. Uh, but what I was trying to say was that uh, Vittori had fought Akhmadov back at the very the very last card of 2017, and it ended up being a majority draw. Yeah. Okay, and then the next fight was against Adesanya, who is the current l- looking incredible. Undefeated. Middleweight yeah, champion. Middleweight champion. Yeah. And lost <laughs> by a split decision. And that was that was literally April of 2018. Not long ago. Adesanya won the belt from Robert Whitaker in, I believe, September of 2019. Yeah. So, less than a year and a half later... And Adesanya gets the belt, and Vittori is still struggling to find these fights. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how that fight, if it actually gets booked. Yeah, hopefully it gets booked. Yeah, this I mean, is again all honestly off of Twitter based beat. off. I don't know why, but from what I was like reading, with their going back and forth and their responses to it, like being interviewed, it, to me it feels like it's going to happen. Um. So. And that would happen by the end of the year, I would assume. I would assume so. Uh, more probably to come on that, but uh, any last thoughts before we get into the final news story today? I'm just ready to get into this final one because I know I, it is. I know and you're it segues excited. off of this. Yeah, I, I know you are very excited because October <gasps> 17th. Oh, we have officially gotten our announcement for just this fight. Just excites me to no end. Korean Zombie. Is back, Chan Sung Jung, and he's fighting Brian T City Ortega. Finally, Brian T City's back. Yeah, Dom, tell the people, tell the people about T City. I love Brian Ortega. Undefeated going into his championship fight with Max Holloway, Um, unfortunately took a big L in that. That was a brutal. Well, he looked good early on. Yeah. I mean, both guys looked great early on. And then and Max, then Max showed that there's levels to this shit. And Max really did beat him down in yeah. the later rounds. But God, what a beating he took and just kept going. And, and that fight lost. that fight got ended by a Dr. Stoppage. Yeah, it was brutal. It wasn't even because he wasn't... He didn't want to quit. Like, some of those shots Max were hitting... Max, that was like his crowning achievement as yeah. like his run. Yeah. Like, he was hit like just on it that night. Yeah. And he could not finish him. It was crazy. At least... Finish him in the traditional way. Yeah, right. Um, this fight, I, I don't even. I'm like less speechless. The Korean Zombie is the, that's the best nickname. Like that's the only way to describe this guy. He just gets hit, gets hit, gets hit, gets hit, keeps coming. Yeah, can't go down. He's a unless lit- he gets hit by a spinning back fist at the very end of a fight. <laughs> Literal zombie. <laughs> so. I think it's needless to say we're very excited for this fight. This fight could be fight of the year. This fight has title implications as well. This yes. isn't just, you know, an yes. exciting fight. The, this fight really matters, and I'm glad it's happening for the division because these are, I believe, uh, Ortega's ranked number two. Ortega ranked two, Korean Zombie ranked fourth. Yeah, perfect matchup right there. And, and this is a long time in the making, by the way. Yeah. So, obviously, we mentioned Korean Zombie. He has that pressure style where he'll get keep getting hit and just keep moving forward. Unbelievable. Ortega, jiu-jitsu specialist, but a guy has shown that he 
has some good stuff in his punches, knocking out the first time, the first guy to ever knock out Frankie Edgar. Yeah. Ever finish Frankie Edgar. Yeah. And he, with that uppercut, sent Frankie Edgar flying into fl- the air. Flying into the air. So. And now we've got Zombie, who's coming off a TKO finish of Frankie Edgar as well. Yeah. So. This fight makes sense in every possible way. You cannot convince me there's a better fight. Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting to see because, man, Ortega has literally not fought since December 2018. You know, so basically 2019. This is that's a long. It's been almost. It's been almost two years. Yeah, by the time he steps in the octagon, it will be almost two years. While for Korean, what a freaking fight to come. Korean Zombie last fought in December of 2019. So really, he's been he's been off for a while as well. But uh, you know, there's been a a lot going on in the world, so it's understandable yeah. right yeah. now. But he's looked, man, Zombies just looked on another level lately. Uh, I know he had the loss to Yair Rodriguez, but that was a fight he was hand, like winning. That fight was that, He would have won that fight more than likely. But Yair, for those of you that don't know, um, it kind of got a little weird at the end. They kind of started hugging a lot and stuff. Yeah, they but, were hugging a lot. But, you know... It looks like this fight's going to go to the all the way through the fifth round. It's going to go to the judges. And based on what the majority of viewers at home were thinking was that Korean Zombie's going to get this win. And he's definitely winning this fight. Well, with literally just out of nowhere. I mean, was there one second left? Yeah. It was literally at the Yair bottom. hits him with a, a spinning, spinning elbow, elbow to the face. To the face. And zombies out cold. Good night. With one second. Asleep. Night, night. Dreaming in the middle of the octagon. Yeah, ridiculous. After a brutal war, by the way. One of the best... One of the best fights and best knockouts I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, Yair gets the win because of that, obviously. He just knocked out Korean Zombie. And that's... (laughs) Talk about... (laughs) That is no joke knocking That's out a guy. That's a walk-off like, home run if I've ever seen one. Korean Zombie is a guy that does not get knocked out easy. Doesn't get finished easy. Zombie. Literal zombie. Yeah. So, uh, on paper, this fight looks like it is going to be impressive. And I, I, I really just want to see how Ortega bounces back. That's that's the big oh, question, man. right? This guy was on a tear before the title yeah. fight. 6-0 and in the UFC. All finishes, I think, or yeah. mostly of them. Yeah, the big, Most of them. the big question is going to be where, I think for me, if you want to get in kind of the, when I'm getting into like the personal side of this is, uh, how motivated is Ortega? Is he motivated to come back and show people that he's still the real deal? He's still T-City. Or is it just like, I'll take another fight, and then maybe he goes on to do some of the other stuff he has going on outside of the cage? Because, you know, that dude's going to have... That dude can do anything, really. Yeah. You know, he's a good-looking guy. He's a surfer. Yeah. Like, that dude, does, that dude can do anything, so... Um, we'll see how that kind of goes, but... That fight's insane. That fight, I'm so excited for that. And I cannot wait till we get an episode where we can talk about it oh, in full yeah. detail. That's going to be a fun one. Um, any other thoughts? Uh, there is one other piece of news Okay. that technically came last night during the pay-per-view. And it's already a fight we knew was going to happen, but we got an official date. Adesanya and Costa... Mm. We finally know the date for the middleweight championship. UFC 253 will take place Saturday, September, September 26th. Yep. Originally, uh, it was scheduled to be September 19th. Right. They pushed it back a week. 
Um, I think a lot of that's just because they're trying to... I think they're going to try to put it over on Fight Island. Yeah, I would imagine that's where it would have to take And I think that was just the reason for that. So now there will be a fight night on the 19th, and 26 will be the pay-per-view. Yep, and there's one fight left, one spot left on that Mm pay-per-view. And I think that they should try to do... Whitaker versus Cannoneer to pair it as the co-main mm-hmm. in case of injury and it just makes sense because the winner of that fight will I'm, obviously fight the winner. I'm expecting that to be what they do, but obviously you never know, but just getting into this main event. Wow. You talk about an episode you're excited for. Dana literally said at the post-fight press conference last night, he said that fight is his prediction for fight of the year. Mind you, we just saw not even, like, at, I guess that was March. It was, it was Yoana, the last pay-per-view before COVID. Joanna Young-Jane-Check versus Weili Zhang. Yes. That fight. The best women's mixed martial arts fight to ever exist. And a, one of the best overall, doesn't matter what gender, UFC fight I've ever yeah. seen in my life. And I know that Dana saying this is... I mean, he's trying to drum up hype just like any you know any other promoter. Yeah, they're would. hyping this up a lot. But honestly, I kind of believe him. This fight, stylistically on paper, is is made for just the Chaos. top fights of all time. Both undefeated, nineteen and zero Adesanya, if, if thirteen and zero Paulo. One of those O's has got to go. To go. So somebody's getting an L. Somebody's getting an L. Who's and it gonna be? <laughs> who's it? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out in a month. <laughs> but uh, what I was gonna say was stylistically, if you look at these two fighters, what makes this matchup so intriguing outside of the bad blood and whatnot? Adesanya is a counterpuncher who a tries beautiful to, counterpuncher. Yeah, who tries to stay on the outside and pick you apart. Costa is a bull. Is a bull. Who will put the pressure on you? Run at you. We'll He's take, like the middleweight version of Ngannou. He well, where I I don't I don't know about that comparison because he he will take the like hardest punches that you can throw at him and keep pushing forward. He just eats them. He yeah. bites down on the mouthpiece and just slings leather. If if you guys have not seen the fight, uh, Paulo Costa versus Yoel Romero from UFC two. Pause this podcast and go watch it right Dude, now. Then come back after you finish watching the podcast. Then go watch that fight. That's a better idea. <laughs> but. That fight, while being an awesome fight, Yoel Romero is one of the most powerful dudes in any weight division. Yeah. And he was sitting there. I remember at one point he threw a head kick, vicious head kick, lands perfectly clean <laughs> on Paula's head, and he's just like, eh. All right, here comes another left hook. He's like, all right. He's like, yeah, I'm a Terminator. I can just take that shit. It's like the episode, or not the episode, but the movie uh, Home Alone 2 where... Kevin throws the brick, and he just gets hit in the head with a brick. <laughs> Except he went down. Paulo Costa ain't going to go down. He's going to take that brick to the head that, and then punch you in the face. Well, that was an interesting comparison. It but. just came to mind. <laughs> but I, I guess all in all, this fight is going to – I feel like we're, tell we're, a little we're gushing over all these fights. But I mean, these were like some big announcements, really, when you think This is about. why we're saying like the fall of 2020. Woo! Yeah, I'm excited. Woo! and. Obviously, we are going to be getting into a lot more about this fight. That's going to be our next pay-per-view breakdown. I know. 
Yeah, and hopefully Ooh. they do pair that. Uh, that hopefully they do give that co-main spot. It only makes sense to Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. God, and, that fight will be crazy and we can as get well. Back on Fight Island. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we'll have to pull out our Fight Island shirts for that. I had it on last night. We weren't even at an island. <laughs> we were not. So uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's, that's the news. That is the news. For, All fight announcements, but I yeah, can't complain. Yeah. As of Monday, so uh, I guess after that, it's time to get into the recap of UFC 252. Let's get into this. And I don't think there's any better way to start this than saying, and still. And still. And still. Greatest heavyweight of all time. Let's start by giving Daniel Cormier all the respect. Yeah, let's give him a send-off here. Um, Daniel Cormier is, without a doubt, one of the best fighters the UFC has ever seen. Has ever seen. The fact that he was able to do... In two divisions. In two divisions, to do what he did is incredible. And at the age that he did it. At the age he did it. And if you want to even talk about combat sports in general, what he was able to do... Yep, Olympic wrestler. Olympic wrestler. Um... What a great, just person. Yeah, and a like great really, imba- and a great, great ambassador, ambassador for, for the sport. sport for great the company. Great commentator. I so, can't wait to hear him commentate again. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's very good. But um, yeah, he did not win this fight. He did not win. Our boy Stepe Miocic got the dub. Unanimous decision victory. Unanimous decision and still, and um, I just want to start by saying that Stipe looked incredible in this fight. He did. He really had a great game plan for DC. A game plan that going into that fight, I don't think anybody would have thought would have worked for him. The clinching is everybody, what I ev- yeah, you're pointing Everybody at. would have thought that he should avoid the clinch. He took the clinch to DC and held control significantly. The strength difference really showed last night. I was going to say I that. And I knew that Stipe looked so strong. Stronger than he had ever looked, and at the same time, leaner than he had ever been. But the strength showed last night. Yeah, he looked incredible. I mean, honestly, there's no other way to put it. I mean, that was one of the best performances of his career yeah. as a champion, especially. To to be able to take four rounds from D.C., arguably five, but I, I had 4-1. To be able to win four rounds against D.C., only one other man's done that. You know, and it's John Jones. Yeah. So yeah. it was a very dominant performance, and it if it had not have been for DC landing the big right hand in round one, I think you could definitely argue it was a five zero for Steve. Yeah. Um. We're gonna the way we're gonna backtrack to the first fight of the card. Oh yeah, I guess because uh, so we still have more thoughts about this, obviously, and especially what's next for these guys. But um, just to break down the results <clears throat> from the whole main card, Stipe be- beats Daniel Cormier, retains his heavyweight belt by unanimous decision. Uh, the co-main, Marlon Vera getting the surprising TKO finish over Sugar Sean O'Malley. What giving, an interesting fight. Giving O'Malley his first defeat in late first round. The Sugar Show is no longer on air mm-hmm. right now. Then you had Jarzinho Rosenstroik. Getting a TKO finish over Junior Dos Santos in the second round. Then you had Daniel Pineda getting the TKO finish over Herbert Burns in the second round. And lastly, our first fight, Marav Davalishvili 
uh, beating John Dodson by unanimous decision. And um, I want to start by offering a correction here. <laughs> um, yeah, we both have corrections. Remember what we said in episode one about, you know, figuring it out as we go. Yeah, well, we figured a couple things out. Yeah, we. I made a big, I made a big blunder in our preview episode, and I'm apologizing for that. Daniel, especially when he fucking wins the fight, I was like, seriously, in not, not, uh, yeah, not only did I fuck this up. But then you had the gall to win the damn fight. So now it makes me look even worse. And that's with Daniel Pineda. I said it was his UFC debut. This man's a whole ass bet. That was his eighth UFC fight. That was his eighth UFC fight. Now, I'm going to give you a little credit here. Right. It was his first fight back in the UFC yeah. in six years. Yeah, he had seven fights yeah. uh, a few years ago, basically. And... He so went, you he, know he went three and four during that time. So he he is, and really he wasn't fighting anybody that I really know too much about. But <laughs> uh, definitely an oversight. Um, but we will get better at that, obviously. And, I'll and I sure. think I also saw on a list on my phone or something that this fight was at light heavyweight for whatever reason. This was at featherweight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, sixty pounds off. Yeah, it, don't it, know what it, happened there. I, but there, both of our blunders were on that fight. Yeah, and um, but yeah, but all apologies to Daniel Pineda. Yeah, what a stud. Yeah, so I guess uh, backtracking again. Yeah, backtracking again. First fight of the night. Yeah, let's let's go in order. So we got Marab Davalishvili beating John well. Dodson, um, and we're also um, another thing about our uh, recap shows is we're gonna have an ongoing. A little competition between me and Dominic. Probably going to be recorded in that spreadsheet of yours. Yeah, so ultimately we're going to pick every month our the all five fights of the main card. And whoever gets the most right will get the dub for that card. And we'll just keep it we'll keep it on going. Yeah. Um, not the best card to start because me and you both got two out of five. Yep, two out of five. That's 40%. That's 40%. That's so, a failing grade. Uh, we are 0-0-1 right now in our <laughs> ongoing competition. So this fight, though, you predicted perfectly correct. I really did. Yeah, Marab by decision. And really, based off my notepad here, yeah. everything went exactly how I pictured that fight mm-hmm. going. Marab controlled the first round completely, held the clinch control, and landed the most knees to the ass I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I would have fallen after one knee. So, shout out John Dotson. So, he controls the whole first round. Second round, they're just kind of throwing. Lots of quick movement, very fast-paced. Marab had two big slams, but was never able to hold Dotson down that whole entire fight. But nevertheless, I had it to... Uh... Then the third round starts... They look at each other, touch gloves, and then they scream at one another, which kind of scared me a little <laughs> that was, bit. Uh, that was, uh, I liked it. It was interesting. But then again, it was just another fast-paced round. Not a whole lot happened. Marab did enough to where it was a convincing 3-0 unanimous mm-hmm. decision. Yeah, and I had John Dodson by decision, and part of that is UFC fight passes fault. <laughs> because um, I, I'll be completely honest, I had not really heard of Marab prior to this fight. Um, ultimately, I tried to go back before our preview show and watch some of his... He's on a four-fight... Well, before... Now five-fight, five, yeah. but before he was on a four-fight win streak, I was like, okay, I want to at least see one of his last couple fights. But the only two fights of his UFC tenure that I was able to watch were the ones he lost. Yeah. 
um, I just for whatever reason. So I did not give him the credit in my mind that he deserves because I found out after the preview show, I was watching an interview that Aljamain Sterling did, who is, uh, who is in the same camp as Marab and was in his corner last night. His corner Legends. is stacked. Yeah. Wow. And in that interview, Sterling talked about how Marab had gotten the, I believe, uh, the bantamweight division record for most takedowns in a fight. And I went... Yeah, I didn't know that. And I shit my pants a little bit. <laughs> I went, hmm... Well, that's uh, predictions news. not looking too hot. <laughs> that's news to me. Yeah. Um, but what's that, what was surprising to me is when you look at all of his wins and you see decisions, you you would probably assume well he's probably not that exciting of a fighter that he's like got a safe style or whatever. No, but you know what? That's definitely not the case. He he was uh, that was actually a pretty fun fight. It was. I think it was better than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little more. I don't know. I, I guess I thought it would be fast-paced, but just not as much action as there actually was. Yeah, John Dodson usually keeps a good pace in yeah. his fights, but if you're being taken down throughout the fight, which I did know that Marab was a wrestler at least, and I figured if he was going to be getting taken down, the pace would slow down drastically because there's not so much you can do right. from the bottom to keep it exciting, at least in the pace <clears> portion. <throat> but all in all, great performance for Marab. He, he cracked into the top 15 before this fight, and now he just bought, beat the number 12 Dodson. I think he's ready for a top 10 yeah, guy. Yeah, I was about to say, let me, let me pull up the rankings here. Let's do a little matchmaking. Um, the first name that stuck out to me, and I don't know if, because uh, the UFC, at least when I hear a lot of matchmakers, uh, whether they're on Twitter or whatever, doing stuff, they, they like to pair guys coming off of losses and guys coming off on win streaks paired up. I got a fight already. I was going to say Cody Stammen. Yes. Yeah. Literally yes. Yeah. He is on a heater right now. Yeah. Marab's on a heater. Yeah, but Both Stam- getting wins but St- during quarantine. Stammen did lose his last fight though to Jimmy Rivera. That just happened. Yeah, and Jimmy Rivera did a great job of controlling that fight, but Stammen did have his Stammen did have his moments, man. And um, either that, or I don't know if you saw someone else that might stick out to you, but a guy that I think could make for a great fight. I don't know if they want to do it uh, yet because he might be too big of a name. I like the idea of him fighting uh, either someone like Dominic Cruz or Jose Aldo. It might be a little too soon for Aldo. Dominic Cruz, I do not imagine, will accept that fight because ultimately he said he wants to fight like big names. Um, or hell, even match him up with a, a Sun Sal. That could be fun. I'm um, thinking, or Jimmy Rivera. If you want to do the winners, like that's well, a that's a classic wrestler versus so wrestler. So let's think here. Marab was 15th, Dodson was 12. So you'd imagine they probably move him up to at least 12. Right. So then we're talking, you know, a 12-9 matchup if it's Damon, a 12-8 if they match him up with a Sun Sal, a 12-7 if they match him up with Rivera. All makes sense. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Cody Stamian is really sticking out to me as a fight that would be yeah, fun. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it... Any of those three guys would be a fun fight. But a Sun Sal and Stamen would be very interesting to see how those two would play out. I definitely Marab. agree. And, man, seeing how Marab, like, as soon as that fight was over, you know, he, like, hugs Dodson. And then he just starts freaking yelling. Yeah, a lot like, of yelling. 
I loved yeah, it, though. It was cool, the yeah. intensity that he was showing. We man. need him on this podcast. That guy brings the energy. We'll just sit here and let him yell into the mic and get everybody hyped. Yeah, so I that fight definitely put him on my radar. Yes. Um, but really, just a better fight than we probably were thought it was going to be, and you always like to see that. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts of that no. fight? It went how I expected, just a little bit more fast-paced and more fun. Yeah. So the second fight was uh, the aforementioned the blunder Daniel Pineda, uh, his re debut, his re debut, <laughs> and the, the second promotion uh, going up against a big up and comer Herbert Burns. Yes. And I want to start by mentioning that Herbert Burns missed weight for this fight, three and a half pounds, three and a half pounds. That's a lot. Yeah, that's and, not even uh, close. Pineda ends up getting a TKO win and the second round in a fight that he dominated like yeah. round one completely controlled burns which caught me by surprise yeah. burns started hot in the second mm-hmm. and then uh pineda reversed him on the ground and it was over i mean he got him in a crucifix she, and oh, just started landing oh. those crazy elbows could you imagine being pinned like that and just taking those shots yeah to the for those of you that don't know a crucifix is when um the guy with the it doesn't always have to be top position, but that's how I'm going to describe it because that's what happened. The guy who, let's say he has you on the bottom, right? So you have a guy on top. And imagine your your left arm is trapped under his, like in between his legs. And your right arm is behind like the, his head. Trapped by, like with his arms. You literally cannot like you cannot move your arms. Your arms are stuck there. Your head is exposed. Yes. And then imagine that this guy is elbowing you right over up. and over again, yeah. right in the face. It was really impressive. Yeah. It was a very impressive. Herbert Burns, victory. obviously, we touched on him being like an up and comer. He not only brother of welterweight title contender Gilbert Burns. Herbert Burns was on Dana White looking for a fight. Yeah. Then he was on Dana White Tuesday Night Contender. Yeah. And he's looked great since Needless then. to say, that is the definition of a young, up and coming prospect. Yeah. And, yeah, and he Pineda. Got shut and Pineda. Down by the seasoned vet. Yeah. Pineda, by all. I mean, obviously, now we realize he's a vet of the UFC, but even in general, the that guys. Was his 40th fight. Yeah. The guys had a lot of fights. So, uh, Pineda looked great in this, though. And I, I'm excited that, uh, you know, feel bad for Herbert kind of getting a big L like that, but. He'll be able, back. Yeah, he'll be back. And for Pineda, I'm just happy to see that a guy got that second chance and really shown that he belongs. Now, I've got two fun matchups for you. This is men's featherweight division, 145 right. pounds. I mean, do you think – I mean, I don't know if he's getting top 15 yet. Really? You think so? Herbert Burns wasn't top 15. But he's right on the cusp. And he dominated him. This is a guy that had a lot of hype. Yeah. This was the uh, one of the if you don't know, now you knows. Okay, so what, well, are you, let's what are you thinking? If he were to crack top 15, maybe he doesn't necessarily put a number next to his name after this, but I think he can fight a top 15 next okay. to then crack the rankings. Okay. Three potential fun fights. All top 15 guys. Number 13 ranked Ryan Hall. Number 12 ranked Dan Ige. Or number 11 Sadiq Youssef, who I am huge on, number right. 11 Sadiq. I think all three of those will not go in our friend Pineda's favor. <laughs> just being honest. It's just a test. Can <clears throat> right. he crack the top 15? Yeah. That's what I, I want to see. I feel like you have to at least, he needs at least one more win one before, more before he's top, top 15? 15. 
just because, I mean, this was his first fight back, and sure, he was looking good in the PFL, and in the UFC before that, he was kind of trading wins and losses, but um, ultimately, I, I just think that, like, yeah, I mean, that was a really impressive showing, but against a guy who was still unranked, who's still young, who's still trying to earn his way into that top 15, and um, I think that maybe another fight, and if he puts on a good showing, then you're talking Give about him a top 15 yeah, guy. yeah, for sure. Especially like that back half of the top 15. Um, but I definitely like where your head is going with those matchups because that Yusuf fight would be pretty nuts. I, I was just so impressed last night. Yeah, I think it was just because we were caught off guard by it. Yeah. Just he not a, only did he win, just like, to he mention, just, just to mention that uh, our predictions, we both had Herbert Burns. Yeah. You had him by first round submission. I had him by second round submission. Yeah. And Pineda ne- said, hold my beer. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. Um, Shout out Pineda. Yeah, That's agreed. all I got to say. So moving on to the third fight of our card. The big boys. The big, well, the biggie boy. The biggie boy. Yeah. Jairzinho Jar- Rosenstreit. He's back. Gets the dub over Junior Dos Santos by TKO in the second round. You know, and I think we did a good breakdown of this fight, too. I agree. I so not that just my to, prediction was yeah, correct. Yeah, just to be clear, you said JDS by first round right. uh, TKO slash KO. I said Rosenstroke by first round. I did say late first round. I wish I would have went with my gut and said second round. I even said I was thinking about second round. But um, all in all, uh, as far as what we talked about for this fight, I thought we nailed it. Yeah. Because I, you brought it up, but I agreed with you about uh, we thought Rosenstroik was going to start out tentative. Yep. And I thought there was some of that early on. And I, what I didn't expect was JDS was also tentative. They were like yeah. feeding off of each other's pace. Yeah. Not that it was a boring fight. Like they were trading yeah. shots, but they were both just kind of feeling each other yeah. out. They weren't just throwing bombs. At agreed. Um but once they did start to open up, JDS was the one that kind of landed first. And yeah, I noticed that, strike was and I and shots. I said that in the preview that I thought JDS would hit him with a strong shot and it would kind of wake him up. Yeah, and I think it did. And, and it just it goes to show, and I said this as we were watching the fight. That's how hard Ngannou hits, because JDS hit him with three very hard mm-hmm. right hands. And he was unfazed by all three of them. I mean, I don't get me wrong. J, and JDS actually looked incredible going into this fight as far as, like, his physique. His physique was very good. Yeah, I mean, just not saying he hasn't looked good before. Yeah, he was but, in great shape. 36 years old. Yeah, and I thought, um, I talked a lot about Rosenstroik having the power advantage and stuff, and I still stand by that. But I thought he was going to look a lot bigger than JDS. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't. JDS, I'm pretty sure, was taller. But he didn't even look that much bigger if at all yeah and um that was kind of surprising for me um but yeah no doubt in Ghani's power is on another level yeah. no matter compared to anybody in the heavyweight yeah, division yeah, that's true so all in all like a pretty decent fight um really it was like one of those um it's one of those fights and it's a lot like the main event in the sense that it's kind of how it goes with heavyweights where mm-hmm. when they're not immediately just throwing you are sitting there on the edge of your seat <laughs> Because you know at any point one punch can end it. Yeah. So you feel like you're watching a standoff, essentially. Well, in the shot that dropped JDS to eventually finish the fight was so weird. Yeah. Like... Did not get the full power behind it. strike threw a left hand, and then his right hook that dropped JDS literally came down. 
Like, he had his arm all the way above his head. I'm, like, holding this up like they can see me. And then dropped it downward. I mean, granted, it was right on the chin. And then... He literally did not get more than half of his power on that. No, not at all. But it knocked JDS for a loop. Perfect spot. Yeah, that left hand, though, I think is really what started the finishing sequence. And um, great fight for Rosenstroik. Now he's... I mean, you said it. uh, If he were to win that, he would be, like, a top five guy. I, I think... What makes sense? So it was number five JDS versus number six mm-hmm. Rosenstrike. So they'll honestly they'll probably just flip flop because yeah. everyone else has won recently as well. Um, I think what makes sense to me because this is how I see the whole division playing out: Stipe will fight Ngannou mm-hmm. for the next heavyweight title fight. Then I imagine they make Blades versus Derek Lewis, which is number three versus number four. Mm-hmm. The winner of that fight would then be the number one contender. To fight the winner of Ngannou, Stipe, yeah, in my opinion. Probably. So I think it makes sense for Rosenstrike to fight the loser of Blades versus Lewis. Okay. And then if he wins again, then he would uh, then get a title shot. I think that's what makes sense the most. Yeah. I guess, um, yeah, I don't know, just because you have to take into account like how active these guys want to stay. Yeah. So, for example, right, Curtis Blades pretty much called for the title shot after he dominated Volkov. Do I think he should get a title shot? No. Do I think he will? Absolutely not. But you have to wonder, when a guy starts saying that kind of stuff, you wonder like if they're going to kind of hold out, even though that really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But you wonder if that's going to be his move. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually predicting that we won't say, see Blades versus Lewis. I think, Even though he kind of called for that fight? I, I mean, okay, I, I guess you're right, yeah, like he did call for it. I and it's know. like, I those could, are two guys in a division that we've touched on. Everybody has seemingly fought each other. Yeah. So I mean, it's a fight that would make sense. Rosenstroik is kind of in a tough spot. If I'm he being he is in a hard spot, yeah. Because um, he's not close enough to get a title shot. He's going to yeah. be fifth. So it's like... And that those top guys in front of him are all taken. If you go behind him, you got... Overeem, who he already technically beat. Yeah. And then, really, Volkov is the first guy, and I wouldn't mind seeing that matchup, Rosenstrike versus Volkov. It would be an interesting matchup, but if I'm Rosenstrike, I don't want to take a chance fighting someone behind me. I mean, his quote last night, they asked if he was going to call anybody out. He said, no, I'm going to let the UFC and the fans decide who my next fight is. Yeah. So he kind of sounds like he's going to be game. And uh, I think a fight versus Volkov might make a lot of sense. Uh, I know Walt Harris, I'm pretty sure, has uh, been confirmed for his next fight. I forget off the top of my head. But um, if Walt Harris were to get a win in his next fight, I could definitely see that matchup. Um, So he'll have options. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll just see how quickly he wants to get back in. And same for Blades and Lewis. Because ultimately, if one of those guys doesn't want to fight when the other does... I guarantee Rosenstrike will be the, yeah. the next guy to step in there. And that will be a fight that has title implications. Yes, yeah. So he's he's in a weird spot, but I don't think it's all bad. Yeah. You know, he's he, he won against a good test for him and yeah. passed. For JDS, he's in an, an even more awkward yeah, spot here. He, yeah. JDS has literally fought everybody. <laughs> now let yeah, me, pre- let me present know. you with the matchup, right? I would like Sakai. to see JDS 
rematch Alistair Overeem. Two vets, legends. two legends of the heavyweight division. Um, I think that could be a lot of fun because they're both very competitive. Mm-hmm. JDS has lost three in a row now. Overeem is... <laughs> I feel like that guy, as soon as you think he's done, he comes he back. He comes back and knocks somebody out. I think that could be a very fun matchup. They have not fought since, I believe, like seven years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. So, what better time than right now when you're likely going to have JDS ranked sixth, yep. Overeem's ranked seventh. Yeah. It makes sense for the division. I think it's better than pairing him up, JDS, speaking, with like an up-and-comer like Volkov or Sakai or Walt Harris. Like, I think... You put him with someone like Overeem and like people are gonna go nuts because it's legends fighting legends. These are both guys that probably aren't ever gonna be in the title picture again, so yeah. why not pair them up with each other? You know it could also be fun if we're talking like legends. What? JDS versus Verdum. Yeah. That actually Even could though Verdum is thirteenth, he's clearly not done yet. He's trying no. to make his way back. Uh Verdum another guy as soon as you count him out, he will prove you wrong. That could be a fun, like just yeah. two legends going against each other, both Brazilian heavyweights. Yeah. And have they, they haven't fought each other that I know of, have I don't think so. Because Verdun beat Kane after Kane had beat right. JDS, obviously. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't think they have, actually. So it could be fun. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, either one of those. These are all guys that probably, and no disrespect to them, but probably aren't going to be fighting for the title. Yeah, they don't need to necessarily fight these young up-and-coming guys. I, so I think you might as well pair them up with each other, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess moving on from there. Take this, is a, this is uh, the controversial fight. It's, it's, uh, it's a very interesting one. Yeah, um, to say the least. Marlon Cheeto Vera. Gets get the upset. The upset. Shut down the Sugar Show. TKO Sugar Sean. Four minutes and 40 seconds into the first round. Um, our prediction going in. Dom. Mally first round knockout. He said. Not looking so good. Dom said first round knockout. I said sugar by decision. Um, and, uh, I think I think there's no better way to start this conversation than about the obvious. Uh, the uh, elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Uh, Sean appeared to have broken his foot. Yeah. About three minutes into the fight. Yeah, I'd say halfway. Yeah, um, three minutes in. And he basically, I mean, he was still moving okay. But ultimately, was this is a guy that bounces around a lot and relies yeah. heavily on his movement to pick his precise shots, yeah. and he couldn't do it. And um, he was still moving around okay, but ultimately, he was completely hindered by that. Yeah. And um, and this is the second time that this injury has happened to him yeah. in a fight. First time he kind of got lucky because first that, fight he got lucky because that his first fight was against Sukimthoth, I think is how you pronounce yeah, it. Very dumb uh, decision by that gentleman. Yeah. Uh, what happened was Sean breaks his foot and he can't put any pressure on it. Literally was on the ground. And for some reason, Sukumtov decided, decided to, to wrestle. Decided to take Even him down. Even though he was down 2 0 in the fight. Yeah. And I mean, he ended if up. If he made Sugar stand. Sugar. Sean stand up. Ref would have called it. Literally because he couldn't walk. Yeah. And he would have won. So, so. Sukumtov wins that round. Yeah. Loses the fight. Exactly. And um, the rest is history. Joe yeah. Rogan does the post-fight interview with Sean on the ca- on the canvas, yeah. pretty much in a lot of pain. What a fun post-fight interview! Yeah, and then um, now it's a shame you see it happen a second time, man. Uh, kind of dumb. I know you you're a big sugar guy. I'm curious what your thoughts are about this. 
Okay. So I'm gonna. I mean, I'm not taking any anything away from Cheeto. So what he, it what, was a good. When he and says forth that, so, so folks, when he says I'm not gonna take anything away from him, this is gonna be followed up by something that takes it away from him. So <laughs> just be ready. But like, <laughs> he didn't do anything to impress me that much. Like he's a game opponent, and I think he 100% deserves like all the way upward of a like a number 10 Rob Font type mm-hmm. of fight. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the big name guys because he is a really good fighter and he's a veteran even though he's only 27 years old. But the fight was, it was a fun fight. They were going back and forth, picking their shots. I think Sean landed a couple of the bigger ones, but nothing noticeable happened by either fighter. Mm-hmm. Feeling each other out, Cheeto even said that's what he was going to do in the first round anyway. That was his plan. And, you know, all of a sudden, Sean does whatever to his foot. And from there, is basically useless. He can't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might have been caused, I know we talked about this before we started, it might have been caused by Cheeto's calf kick. It, it could have been caused by him, which then gives him a little more credit. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, Sean goes down in the first round. I don't know if he tripped. But, like, when he put his went to put his foot back, he couldn't stand up. Yeah. So he falls down. Vera then jumps on top of him, takes advantage. Now, when he was on the ground, I do think Sean kind of had given up. But Vera <laughs> landed vicious elbows. And I think many, like, huge O'Malley fans would be like, oh, that was a bad stoppage. Because it did come kind of early. But I think Herb knew Sean was done. Mm-hmm. He knew Sean couldn't stand up. Yeah. And Sean didn't defend. Like, he got hit clean with multiple shots, two brutal elbows. So, overall... Disappointing as as a fan of Sugar. Yeah, like, credit to Vera where it's given. Mm. But, again, he didn't, like, go in there and do anything where I was like, Oh, my God, the Sugar Show's done. Vera's the yeah. beast. Like, But he deserves a top, top 15 upwards of, like, a number 10, number 9 type fight next. Yeah. So um, I hope that was a decent yeah. explanation. No, I, I and I completely see your point of view. Um, I do credit the so okay the calf kick. Yeah, let me uh, start by saying that um, one of the things you you really did touch on it with uh, Sean O'Malley's uh, footwork, how he's able to uh, pick his shots and whatnot. And I guess to elaborate on that point, Sean will throw a lot of fakes. Yes, and yeah. when you're throwing fakes like that, you're do like you're doing stutter steps. Yeah, so um, normally, like when you go for a punch, you have to extend a little bit on the the foot that you're throwing off the of. lead leg. Yeah, when you're throwing a fake, you do not extend as far. Yeah, because you want to be able to back out. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get stuck if you don't plan on throwing. If you don't throw anything, and then you're open to a you're shot. open to a shot. So Sean, uh, doing a lot of that stuff. Um, once that calf kick gets thrown, I believe, and I, you know, I don't know what happened, but Rogan made a good point of well, maybe something happened before because they kept showing just the one obvious yeah. trip that yeah. rolled his ankle. But there was one before that that was just yeah. as bad, and. Um, but Rogan said, well, maybe something happened before that that, like, shocked the nerves. And I think that's what happened. I think that calf kick really did shock the nerves. Basically in that foot. made his lower now, leg that numb. foot, 
same foot i'm pretty sure yeah. that it happened to before so yeah. maybe that's just something that's always going to be there for sean but that's worrisome for a young yeah, fighter with yeah, a lot it of is. hype it is it really is so marlon has the calf kick doesn't look like anything crazy but you see almost immediately after sean tries to do one of those fakes rolls his ankle and then he's a bad one yeah like all of his weight went down on his foot. yeah and then a second time it happens and you can tell that like he's not in a good way yeah. not able to move near as much as he was still moving better than you would think for a guy with a um, broken foot if, if that's what it was yeah. um but basically uh marlon just tries to walk basically starts walking him down and i mean sean's still trying to throw and stuff but he ends up kind of uh walking on he, he get marlon essentially gets sean to start backtracking and you know when you're putting more pressure on that foot sean's not able to do it so he falls to the ground marlon smells blood like a shark yeah. and jumps on top of him and throws some vicious That's where he landed. vicious where, yeah. elbows the first I'm one i'm shocked he didn't cut him i think the first one flash ko'd him yeah if you notice his like head yeah off if you notice the way his eyes like yeah. kind of roll back a little bit um but then he kind of comes right back too it looks like and then vita or sorry vera is uh able to land a couple more and sean just wasn't defending himself man. yeah i i know that people he looked done like he didn't want to fight anymore and uh which, that's which I mean, is, and that's a foot. shame now don't get me wrong <laughs> if i ever broke my foot yeah i wouldn't no probably way. want to fight either so but i guess um in the past we have seen guys like Cejudo when he beat Marais also rolled his ankle, broke his foot, however that worked. Um, goes on while also having a shoulder uh, injury going in and is able to continue to win the fight. Yeah. Tiago Santos blows out <laughs> his, whole, his whole knee and keeps winning rounds from maybe the GOAT, John Jones. Won the fight. In my I opinion. thought he won the fight. Yeah. Um, they so these people are not way, these people are not normal yeah right yeah and i and, and if sean really felt like you know i just need to get out like hey like i'm not saying that like he can't be a champion you know i'm not saying he's not a tough guy he still fought for two minutes on a broken foot like yeah. you're tougher than me but i i don't like i don't want that to be used to discredit and yeah. i'm not saying i'm not saying you're doing this yeah, i'm just yeah. saying i don't want it to discredit cheetos win because it's like, oh, he broke his foot. He just wanted to be done. Yeah. Those elbows were vicious. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, again, if the fight, if the foot doesn't break or doesn't, whatever happened to it, happens, that fight does not go the way it does. Right. Doesn't mean Vera doesn't win. I think we see a three-round war. Yeah, I think that's what it was set up to do. A technical battle. Yeah, so basically what I'm trying to say is Sean's foot stole my rightful prediction of a three-round war and potential fight of the night yeah uh but all jokes aside i weirdly enough i still think this is a pretty good win for vera yeah i do think once o'malley's healed up there needs to be a rematch and i think that would be a lot of fun because mm-hmm. you saw the way vera was uh vera was definitely uh taken in the win he was he jumped uh, on top to prove a point. he jumped on top of the cage he said welcome to the cheetos Cheeto show, show. Mind you, when Sean won on Dana White Tuesday Night Contender, he said, "Welcome to the Sugar Show." Yeah, well, that show just got postponed. And a lot, and we watched the uh, the fights at one of my 
good friend's uh, apartments, and um, my friend, he actually picked Cheeto to win. Yeah. So I'll cre- credit to him. He should be making picks, not us. Yeah. But, Guest appearance coming soon. <laughs> but he, he said after the fight, he's like, well, damn. He's like, I don't like the way he's acting because this guy just broke his foot. And he's like, and he's acting like showboating basically yeah. but on the post fight press conference it made a little more yeah. it gave a little more levity yeah um he was talking about how sean was in the back like when they were about to come out just like talking shit or i don't know if it was him or his corner or whatever um and again sean like they can do that like it's there's nothing wrong with that and i don't think sean's like upset that uh Vito or cheeto was saying yeah. shit i think he understood that you talk a big game if you don't that's what happens yeah. when you're on a platform like O'Malley and yeah. you have this hype and you're undefeated. The second you get beat, you're going to hear about it. I mean, it. notice O'Malley didn't argue to stoppage. No, not at all. He took the loss well. He, I mean, he was in a lot of pain and he yeah. had to be stretchered out. But, you know, I I think he'll be back. I'd like to see a rematch when he's healthy. But for now... I want Cheetah to get a fight quick. I do too because, man, I, I, I'm really buying into Marlon Vera. I don't know if he'll ever be a like top five guy. Um, give me number ten, Rob Font. Give me right number now. ten, Rob Font. Right now, yes, I love that fight. Yeah, and I guess it just to play around here. I mean, either him or I mean, even if you want to give him uh, John Dodson, yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Rob Font's on two in a row, wins over Sergio Pettis and Ricky Simone, mm-hmm. and his last loss was against the Sun Sal before them. He's yeah. fighting tough guys. Yeah. Simone is like no joke. Yeah. And Sergio Pettis now in Bellator, if right. I'm not mistaken, is a stud. That's a fight that makes sense to me. Rob Font's number 10. I'd imagine that Vera gets put into at least number 14 where O'Malley was. Potentially higher depending on how they do Marab mm-hmm. because they're in the same division and they fought on the same night. He already fought Song Yadong at featherweight for whatever reason. So maybe even... Rematch that at bantamweight, their rightful weight class, or Rob Font. I, I definitely lean towards Rob Font because, yeah. Um, yeah, I think most people realize Vera won that fight against Yadong even. We Dave. need to figure out why they yeah. fought at featherweight. Yeah, <laughs> but all in all, um, a weird fight, obviously, and it's kind of you kind of unfortunate for him. Unfortunate that it had to end the way it did. Yeah, but I am <laughs> only twenty five years. I don't want to say I'm glad that it happened this way because I'm not, but. I guess considering the injury that happened, I'm glad that Vera was able to get at least some sort of finality to the fight. Like, he was able to finish the fight. Yeah. The fight was not stopped because of the foot. Right. Which it rightfully probably would have if the fight if had the, gone If the round the, had ended. So, all the credit to, to Cheeto for... He did the right thing. Yeah. Went, went in for, for the finish. Yeah. So, I think... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where these guys go. O'Malley's obviously going to be on the shelf for a while. I would imagine, um, but when he's ready to come back, I, It'll I'd, be a big I'd, I'd, li- I'd like to see him fight Vera or who knows. And if you're O'Malley, it's probably best you lose now while you're still yeah just now cracking. Get the top that one 15. out of the way, you know. You're 25 years old. Yeah, you'd rather lose now than hype. You know, your hype carry you all the way to this top five. <laughs> Bless you. And then you know you get like legitimately KO'd or something. Yeah, agreed. So. so uh, into the last fight here. The, the main, main event, event of the evening. We obviously couldn't help ourselves. Yeah, we already talked about a lot yeah. of it. But. Um, Stipe defending his heavyweight belt against Daniel Cormier. Becomes the greatest um, heavyweight of all time. And Yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. Yep. And I, 
like again, like as ha- like I'm I'm so happy for Stipe to like get that moment to to be for us to be. Able- I mean, he's my favorite fighter of all time. And the trilogy is over. Yeah, as great as it was. It took three years yeah. off of our lives yeah. I was, to see it play out. Every one of these fights has taken years off of my life <laughs> because of the stress and the just anxiety I've gotten from watching these two because Daniel Cormier is so good. Last night. They're man, so evenly matched. It was so great. The first two fights end with finishes. And then what better way than the last fight of the trilogy, who's the best, to go all five rounds, yeah, all the way to a decision, yeah. Not that that I predicted a Stipe finish, right? So did but I. But still, there was something about seeing it go five rounds that was just really fascinating to me, mm-hmm. and like it almost felt like that's how it should be, right? Like who can control a fight the whole time and not just get a knockout? Mm-hmm. It was, and you know, obviously Stipe did that. Yeah. Um... Just kind of my initial uh, thoughts about this fight as as a fight. Um, you definitely hit it when you're talking about the third fight of a trilogy, being able to go all five rounds. It was a great fight. They knew everything they were going to do to each other. It was a great fight. Very yeah. technical. Yeah. Not, not like a ton of like... Uh, I don't even know if I could say that. I was going to say not like a ton of action, but even then there was some big moments for each guy. Yeah, I don't know DC's specific numbers because they showed Stipe's because he won. Stipe landed, I think, 171 total strikes. Yeah. 111 of them were yeah. significant. So, um, two judges scored at 49-46, meaning four rounds, four rounds to total. Stipe, yeah. to one to DC, and then one had it 3-2. Yeah. Um, we both scored at 4-1. Right. I was very close to a scoring 5-0. That's probably more the bias so, fan. If, uh, yeah, I, I, and I, I, that's why I kind of checked myself. But, but still um, not. I think anybody could have given it a 5-0. That first round was all steep. Yeah, so, that, until that so right we'll, get it. we'll just go ahead and break it down landed. here. So the first round... Um, Stipe looked so good. Looked so good. Just landing a lot of good shots, mixing um, in leg kicks finally, which he hadn't done in yeah, either fight. Yeah, he stuffed. He got taken down, but literally got right back up, yeah. and that was the only time he went to the ground. The whole fight. He was mixing in beautiful body work again, which I didn't expect as much. Right. But this time it wasn't all left hooks. He was throwing like straight jabs to the body. He was doing like double punch combinations yeah. to the body. His jabs were insane. His right hand, obviously, is incredible. DC took shots. He looked great, and then about, what, there was 30 seconds left in the first round? Yeah, there wasn't much longer in that And DC lands the best shot of the round. A big right, uh, overhand right, right behind the And you could tell it it, it stunned Stipe. Didn't Um, go all the way down. No. He dropped halfway down. Yeah. Got back up. So not a knockdown. The best shot of the round. Yeah, and it was enough Um, to get the round for DC. I guess it was probably enough, because Stipe... Even though he got outstruck by, like... Three times the amount. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, really, second round was probably the most decisive one. Yes. Well, this Joe was, Rogan even mentioned you could have scored it a 10-8, which yeah. I thought was well, a little much. If you under, if you know anything about Rogan, <laughs> you know that he has been a big advocate yeah. for there being more 10-8 rounds. Yeah. Because he doesn't like the current scoring system. He wants yeah. there to be more, like, like he doesn't think, like, this fight being 49-46... Is going to be a lot more uh, decisive than another fight that scored 49-46, but yet they have the same score. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he wants there to be like just more scoring differences, I guess. Um, 
But anyways, yeah, he did mention that, but I, I definitely didn't think it was a 10-8 round. But no. uh, this is where we first saw Stipe, uh, his strength, yes. and how much of a strength that was for him in this he fight. He was so much stronger all five rounds. It yeah. was actually surprising. It was very surprising because if you look at our breakdown, I did say that for Stipe, he needed to be aggressive, which I thought he did a good job of being for Especially the as the fight went on. Yeah. The second round's when... Um, really, it was the and I and I and I said that he needed to be active in the clinch. Now, what I thought, the way I thought, happened. I thought yeah. DC was going to force the clinch, yeah. and it was going to be up to Stipe to kind of keep landing shots into the body, to the face, whatever. And it was the complete opposite. But really, Stipe, Stipe initiated. Stipe the would initiate it and just all fight and long. basically just control put his dominance on this dc up against the cage it was very surprising uh, would just kind of hit him with little shots but dc couldn't move he couldn't no. he couldn't get him off of him yeah and um i think dc was only able to flip and get clinch control on the cage once and it yeah. wasn't long and steve flipped it right back and then about uh another almost sec- the end of the uh, round. 10 seconds uh left in the round uh steve lands lands a really nice combination uh, actually uh, gets DC to, like, go down. Yeah, and, it, and the was... DC lands pretty much exactly like how he went down in the second fight. Yep. And Stipe, like, kind of just jumps on top yeah, of him. DC was able to grab a hold this was time. Was able to hold him down. Basically just pulled him in, so yeah. Stipe couldn't get the shots to get yeah. real much um, power If there him. was five, ten I'd seconds. I'd say ten more seconds, yeah, it could have been over. I think that could have been over, and... um you could tell by the be- in the beginning of the third round, DC still doesn't well, work. He right. got up, and he was like, "Oh, yeah. you knew." And you even could when see, the third round started, you're like, "He's hurt." And I want to mention that when he gets up, you notice his eye is starting to swell. Yeah, um, which does play into later. Third round starts. DC still he's he looks noticeably, noticeably slower. Injured at the first at the beginning of the round. Noticeably slower, and I think it's because he's hurt. Yeah, he was wobbled. So yeah. Stipe's still landing big shots to start the round. But he um, stayed patient enough and didn't feel the need to go in for the kill yeah. and then get caught, which yeah. I liked. And a then lot. I think this is the only time that maybe I wish he wouldn't have went to the clinch. Yeah. So he goes to the clinch again, holds him up against the cage, but it gives DC time to recover. Yeah, that's when um, he noticeably once that clinch ended, DC was back. He was yeah. back, got his wits about yeah. him. Yeah, and I think uh, in Stipe's mind, he was ready for five rounds. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of this was happening is that I don't think he was expecting maybe to even finish DC. I think he looked at it like, I got to be ready for five rounds with yeah. this guy because we both have finished each other. Basically what we all said, we, they, we both have finished each other. He's going to know everything I have. I know everything he has. Yeah. Um, but another great round for the champ. I believe this is the round, though. That, this is the eye poke. Yeah, he lands a very nasty eye poke. Now, um, we didn't mention Stipe did also get poked again yeah, in DC, fight, DC, which makes it all three fights. Yeah, DC poked Stipe in the first round. I think it was the first round. round. The first round. Um, the fight Goddard, Goddard stops, a, stops the fight, lets Stipe recover. Threatens to take a point um, away towards if it happens the, Yeah, again. towards the end. It was like the very end of the third round. Uh, Stipe lands a... Just nasty eye poke. It was a bad one. Uh, knuckle deep. It was bad. I don't like looking at the picture. Yeah. And, um, but it wasn't like... And it happens very late in the round. So Steve, so and Steve, it wasn't intentional. Like These guys don't poke each other in the eyes on purpose. No. DC didn't do it on purpose. This just really means that the UFC still needs to do something about their gloves. Yeah, man. And especially these the fights like this, you yeah. don't want to see that. No. Because, like, we, we, you know... I'd rather see a guy get kicked in the dick than get poked in the eye. Yeah. 
I don't want to see um, these big fights have any like asterisks next to them in yeah. anybody's mind. I don't want it to ever be in doubt. Yeah. The first fight when DC knocks out Stipe, you notice he Stipe gets poked in the eye. Yeah. Like five seconds before DC lands the punch that ultimately he doesn't see. And before that clinch, he had been poked in the right eye, which was a very Um, bad one. And then in this fight, they both poked each other. So, but Stipe poking DC, um, DC's eye was already compromised from the swelling. Yeah. But ultimately, this poke is. Yeah, basically, leave, basically leaves DC with one eye the rest of the fight. Yeah, and uh, he fought admirably considering that. Yeah, but um, to me there was no doubt. Like as long as DC didn't knock out Stipe, I felt like Stipe was really hitting his stride in yeah. the third and fourth round, and then the fifth. You know, really the rest of the fight was just well, control. Like, control some was were the, giving DC that fourth round, and I just don't see that. I don't see how. I could probably rewatch it again today. The only and not round, feel that the way. only round that I thought while watching that you could even consider giving to DC was the first. The fourth round was the only round that DC outstruck Stipe, and I think it was only by seven. Yeah. And in that fourth round, Stipe had three minutes and three seconds of clinch control time. And two of the three judges agreed with us that yeah. it should be four rounds to one. So yeah. I mean, not trying to act like I mean the guys who matter. As far as their decision, yeah. they scored it that way. Uh, I was surprised to see on Twitter guys like Brett Okamoto. Um, well, Dana had it 2 2 going Yeah, Dana fifth, did as well. Which was surprising. Um, all in all, though, uh, to me, it, in my mind, it was like there was no doubt. It was 3 But to you one. always get nervous when it goes to a decision. Because we've talked about it so many times when we've disagreed. You never know what these judges are going to do. We were talking about boycotting the podcast if, <laughs> if DC got the decision. But all in all, Stipe gets the nod. Um, Fifth round, nothing notable happens. He uh, controls he, the fight he, Yeah, more, he puts him in the clinch. And, more clinch. Yeah. They both land big they shots. They both tire, man. D, uh, Stipe they looked both exhausted. They were very tired. Those last 30 seconds, Stipe looked He took exhausted. a big breath, and you're like, all right, like, just hold your yeah, clinch, yeah, finish the fight. Yeah. But they were both tired what yeah. a fight yeah what a fight and um, what a trilogy more importantly from here yeah in my opinion the best trilogy, trilogy in the ufc's ever had if you just look at the all three fights delivered yeah so moving on from here what's next what is next for these two guys and i DC think the, retired. the obvious ones dc is likely retired and i fully believe i that don't need to see him come back I and fo- that's nothing to get like he, that sounded bad he said in his uh, post-fight interview with Rogan, he said he's only interested in fighting for titles, so he doesn't. And imagine. he doesn't see that happening again. So he's he gone. he lost two out of three to Stipe, and he's he lost to John twice. One of them's a no contest, but he doesn't have anything left to prove. That's no. why I don't need to see him come back. He's forty-one. He's got the UFC four video game stuff he's working on. Yeah. He's a UFC commentator. He's a high school wrestling coach. He's a he helps train with AKA. Stay retired and just bring more content to us from your like knowledge that you have as yeah. a fighter. No, I completely He doesn't need to fight again. There's nothing to prove. <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree. Um I obviously he said he's not someone that likes to make these decisions based on like right at the end of the fight because that's like an emotional response 
but he's been saying that this is his last fight. Yeah. For a while. And he's and been he, wanting to retire for years. So like yeah. just I just I rest. think that's a good yeah. I mean get but your eye you, healed and who would have thought if you would have went back to when we you know, when we started really getting passionate about the sport, you know, four years ago for me or so, five years ago for you. Um, who would have thought that if someone would have said, yeah, DC's going to have a trilogy that essentially defines his career, who would have thought that it wouldn't have been with John Jones? Yeah. He, it's really, if you look at it, what makes me so proud is that um, nothing against John Jones, but I'm so glad that really DC, his career is not defined with John Jones anymore, in my opinion. I, yeah, I agree. You know, for a while there, it looked like it was always going to be, because that was their big John Jones blood like rivalry. John Jones like that dark cloud that hovered over yeah, his entire career. I don't career. think he does anymore. DC was able to prove himself in another division, and he's the second best ever in that division yeah. for the UFC. So, and one of the greatest all-around just fighters of all time. Yeah, you had him at number nine on your top ten. Yeah. He would be number eleven on mine. Yeah. So, all in all, like, what a career, and I definitely hope that he stays retired. So then, the champion Stipe, what's next? And I think uh, there's only two possible there's two options. There's only two possible options here, and I'll let you. Tell him. Okay, so. John Jones was all over Twitter last night, mm-hmm. calling, you know, he's going to be in the heavyweight division. He sees all these championships. Soon he'll be the baddest man on the planet. He's too quick for Stipe. He'll capitalize at the right times. All he has to do is avoid Stipe's right hand, yada, yada, yada. I am so incredibly intrigued by a John Jones versus Stipe super fight. Mm-hmm. But... I don't think the UFC will have John just skip over Ngannou. I think the biggest thing is because of how John's last two fights have went. Yeah. Now, if John was coming off two convincing wins and he's kind of just sitting around waiting because there's no one else to fight, then it's like, okay, John can hop over Ngannou because Ngannou's lost to Sipe, right? Right. But the way John's last two fights have gone, I think... John needs to do one more light heavyweight fight and get a convincing win, or at least a freaking decision that people think he actually wins. Yeah. And Ngannou gets his rematch, which is rightfully earned, mm-hmm. against Stipe. And uh, that's a big rematch, and I was telling you before we recorded. It's crazy how it could potentially be Stipe's last three-plus years of fighting have could potentially just be with two people. Yeah. Because he fought Ngannou and beat him, and then the trilogy with DC started. Right. And now he could potentially rematch Ngannou again. Literally. But I think that's what makes the most sense. Literally, if you look, that Stipe versus Ngannou fight was January of 2018. Yeah. Since 2018, Stipe has fought two individuals. It's been Ngannou and then the three fights with DC. Yeah. And we mentioned it in our preview show that if Stipe would have lost, you know, we thought really at this point it feels like he's too big to be going back and trying to work his way back to a title shot. Yep. So now that he has, you know, he wins, fortunately for him. So now I think it's obvious that it's him versus Ngannou for a second time. I think there's no other fight. I think 
he can fight Nganu. John Jones can fight a rematch with Reyes or fight uh, Jan Blakovich. Both of them win, and then, boom. Yeah. There's the super fight we've been waiting for. Yeah. I don't need to see it. Curtis next. Blades would probably be very upset at you for saying that, but I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, well, unfortunately me, for Curtis Blades, so, he doesn't really have Dana White's seal of approval. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely so. Stipe versus Ngannou too. Uh, Ngannou preferably also, end of the year pay per view. Um, by the way, while you mentioned Jones was on Twitter talking a lot of shit, uh, Ngannou also was on Twitter, but not talking shit. He's uh, the he, nicest guy. Yeah, he he gave props to both fighters in the main event and uh, said, Stipe, I will see you soon. Yeah, he said, Jones, then, uh, wait your turn. And, um, I'm next His next one, he, he said, how about Stipe versus Ngannou too? Last card of the year. I think that makes a lot of sense. Stipe, I would love to see Stipe come back and fight. Stipe even joked on in the post-fight press conference about, because uh, um, one of the questions being asked to him was, um, like, is he going to continue to kind of do this fighting once a year type thing? And his joke was essentially because he basically made it clear it wasn't his choice to only fight once a year. Yeah. It was the fact that he had the uh, the torn, the the, the torn the retina. retina so he had to get surgery on that. And then you have COVID playing a factor yeah. him not being able to really get much of a camp for a while. Yeah, I think this third fight could have happened sooner. It was the It was supposed to happen in the spring. Yeah. That was kind of the plan, but then the eye injury, COVID, yeah. put that on hold. Um, so he pretty much joked about that. He's like, yeah, um, I want to keep fighting once a year. He's like, I was really hoping I'd get my other retina torn tonight so that way I could get surgery on it and piss everybody off again while I wait a whole year. The good thing is, like, Stipe didn't take too much damage. No, he really didn't, as far as we know. As far as we know, sometimes you just don't know. So I think, like... For all we know, he broke his hand and you just don't notice. Like, that happens. But it looked like he didn't take a ton of damage, didn't... I'd love to see him just rest up the rest of August. Yeah. And then we get a fight announcement in September. And then he has, you know, all of September, all of October, all of November. And then he fights at the very end of December. Yeah. And I on, think that's doable. And, and Ngannou's ready. Yeah. He's, and so. talking about Jones, um, I definitely think Jones needs to rematch Reyes. Sure. Uh, uh, Jan, he needs to just beat Jan, Bla- Jan Blahovich has more, has earned his title shot. But I think when you're talking about John Jones. And the fact that that Reyes one is so debated, I think it needs to be Reyes. Because if he fights Blahovich and wins convincingly, then people are going to still say, well, he's ducking Reyes. Just like when he was saying all that stuff on Twitter last night about Stipe, what were the comments saying? You're ducking Reyes. Yeah. And I'm not saying I agree. I don't with think that. John Jones is necessarily. I don't think John. Scared jo- I don't anyone, think Jones is scared of anybody. But I think he knows how good Dominic Reyes is. Well, I think he knows how good he is. I don't think that's why he wants to move the heavyweight. I don't think he's moving the heavyweight to get away from Reyes. I don't. I just don't think he wants to take a risk at losing his belt. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that I know he's a very confident guy. Yeah, I mean, you got to think. This is literally maybe the best fighter ever, and I think if anybody knows that it's John Jones I don't agree with people saying he's ducking Reyes it's but, just like well, you, I mean you're saying that he doesn't want to take a risk I I think he realizes the threat that Reyes poses and he sees I can promise you Stipe has an easier I can, matchup I can promise that's you that's a that podcast if, for another day I can promise you that if if you know 
And he's not going to get as much money. If everybody he who's been saying, you know, the majority of people seem to think Reyes won that fight over Jones. I can promise you that that doesn't piss off anybody more John. than John Jones. And the idea of getting that win rectified in his mind. I hope that's what happens. I don't know if it will because ultimately there's also the the thing with the pay dispute. Yeah. He wants more money. Um, well, he's, he's obviously going to make more money if he goes up to heavyweight. So I'll tell you what I think is most likely here. Most likely I think it'll be Stipe versus Ngannou too, like it should. And I think it'll be Reyes versus Blahovich for the either interim or undisputed light heavyweight belt. And while Jones um, just continues to hold out, hold out, and uh, based off if uh, basically I could totally see, uh, let's say Reyes beats Blahovich, I could see John coming back, beating or in if he were to come back and beat Reyes more convincingly, then all of a sudden, let's say Stipe or whoever wins the Stipe and Ganu fight, he calls out that guy, goes up the heavyweight after that. So it might take a little bit longer. Than um, we might be thinking. Like right now, we're thinking end of the year, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be something that it won't actually happen for Jones until the spring or even beginning of summer 2021. But it, it is going to happen. I would like to thank him at heavyweight at some point. Will it be against Stipe? Will it be against Nganu? Both of those fights excite me, but Stipe versus Nganu is the fight. Yeah. And what a big fight that'll be because. Really, that's that win against Ngannou has aged better and better for Stipe. Yep. Just how impressive he looked. But Ngannou went back to the first. He has the the he really did. bad fight with Lewis, which you know. Neither one of them won that fight. Um, and then can you give a no no win to either guy? <laughs> yeah. And then after that fight, you can tell that he he he's back. He beats, back better than he was. He beats before. Blades in about forty five seconds and. I think that was the confidence boost he needed, and he went on another tear. So he's earned it. Yes. Man. I mean, he's he's back and looks better than ever. He's cut down on his weight a little bit, looking a little leaner. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that fight goes the second time, and we will obviously be looking forward to an announcement where we get to talk about it more. But yep. um, I think that's pretty much it for what's going on with that fight. And uh, that's the recap. That's the recap. So I uh, guess we'll uh, go ahead and wrap this up and talk about the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, very excited about Fun one playing for Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, very fun. Um, essentially, we are in August of 2020, and we are going to be predicting who the champion of each division will be in August of 2021. One, one year, year from now. One year from now, who will be the champion of each division? And why is that fun? Because so much is going to happen. And it's happen. all hypothetical. Yeah, so much is going to happen. Yeah. Guys fight sometimes three, four times a year. And if some they fight lose, once a year. If they lose one, all of a sudden they're not in yeah. title contention, not a champion, whatever. Yeah. So It's going to be just fun to play around a year, with And a it. year from now when we, we listen back, we'll probably look at it and go, oh, we got like two right. That's a podcast I'm already ready to record yeah. and it's a year out. Yeah, so all in all, like... I think it's just a fun idea. Like, it's not something we're taking too seriously, like, where we think this is legitimately going to be who it is. Yeah. But it's just who – it's based on who we like right now, who we think surging to that point, who will be surging by that point. And, um, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to make. So be on the lookout for that on Wednesday. 
And then Friday will be our preview show for the Fight Night card on Saturday. Uh, Pedro, Munoz versus Edgar. Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar's bantamweight debut, finally. Yeah. Uh, Long-awaited. Also, Ovin St. Prue is on the, yep. on the co-main. Uh, so it should be a pretty good It's fight. a night of fights that I think a lot of people don't um, know much about. So yeah. it'll be a fun breakdown to kind of well, get some lesser-known And some of those guys, some of those guys we don't know about. Yeah, we're going so to do think some So I think we're going to do some homework and not fuck up like i did yeah. earlier but or, or try not to yeah so we're not uh, guaranteeing be on the lookout for that um, it's gonna be a fun week too yeah so dominic tell the people where they can find you on social media personally twitter instagram dsalee14 and of course our lovely <laughs> below average joe's podcast instagram page you can find that at below average joe's underscore podcast from there you can find a lot of uh Posts about kind of just small clips of what you can expect in our episodes. Mm-hmm. Instagram stories of what we're working on and mm-hmm. what's coming up. Um, for example, the two, 253 main event fight announcement we posted on our story. And just a bunch of fun content. Yeah. So go give us a follow if you don't already. Agreed. And uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ntbaker underscore. And with that, we're out. And we will see you all on Wednesday.